Hey guys, it's Joe. Last time we saw our adventures, Agato caught herself into a bit of a pickle. Don't know what's going to happen with her. We'll find out just in a minute. But in the meantime, if this is my last hurrah with you, it's been great. I've appreciated you listening and I've appreciated all your comments. And please continue to listen and comment and let me know what you think of this episode by tweeting at CavernsPod. Enjoy. Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. Last time, the party returns to the present as Eberique is destroyed by the Knoll army, except Agata, who sacrifices herself to the past to save Fook. The town of Eberique lies in ruins. There was a gigantic explosion, but no demon lord has risen. In the rubble, there are few survivors, some knoll, some human. As the smoke begins to clear and the embers of the fires are dying out, an army moves in. They bear the standards of the great and bountiful empire coming from the east. They manage to clear out the rest of the knolls and begin rounding up the human survivors. Many are badly injured, some are unconscious. Included in this roundup is the limp, unconscious body of a cleric whose armor and weapons seem to be of a make foreign to not only this land, but this time. She is taken back to the Imperial City, where she will be studied by those who delve deep into the arcane arts. There are many questions they have, and many answers they seek. Agata wakes up in her cell. She has none of her possessions and is wearing just the rags of a common prisoner. And there is a knock on the door and it opens to reveal a wizard or warlock she has never seen before and a heavily armored large man behind him. Awake. I trust your stay here has been comfortable. Well, the room service has something to be desired for, as well as the maid hasn't come in a week. Hmm. I'm glad you haven't lost your sense of humor, because soon you might lose much more than that. <gasps> I am Sporg. Behind me is Russ. I'm waiting for the threats. Hello. I'm Russ. You're a little delayed there. Usually it comes a little earlier, your name, you know. Oh, it's early in the morning. <sighs> Let's cut to the chase, shall we, Agatha? When are you from? When, well, when I'm from about, um, I guess, 30-something years ago. That's when I was born, so that's when I'm from. You're from 30 years ago. And just for my notes, what specifically, what year is that? I can't do the math. Why did that not surprise me? Russ, flicker in the left ear. <sighs> Russ flicks her in the left ear. Really? Ow. Really? Really? This, this, oh, this? Oh, even the, even the most blood-curdling screams begin with a whisper. He likes to start real small, and it, it takes a while. It takes a while before we actually start, you know, doing the beatings or whatever. I'm a slow-build kind of man. Right. Okay. Why does that not surprise me? Hmm. Hmm. All right, let me lay it out for you. Agata sits down on her mat of straw. Go ahead. Go for it. 
You arrived. With yes, a- I did. Here, after you took me prisoner. Do you need me to explain the most... Russ, double flick right here. <laughs> Russ flicks her twice. He <laughs> seems to be getting tired. You know, that's going to get annoying at some point. It's already annoying for me. I just sat down. Pull up a seat. I only got this straw mattress, but uh, have a seat, dude. If you're going to flick my ear, you might as well sit. Can, can I sit with her? It'll, it'll be faster for if, if I have to flick her again. I'll already be sitting right next to her. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I will support this. So you were saying? Yes. Yes. I will start from the beginning because I'm my own man making my own decisions and I'm the only one wearing fine clothes. So I believe that makes me most important. Yeah, Can I get a cup of coffee while you do that? A cup of what? Coffee. Tea, mead, something, ale, anything, water. Water? What kind of future weird time speak is this? You arrived in these parts with a strange company. That is very true, yes. You arrived with raiments we are unfamiliar with. That's probably also true. When are you from? That is a trick question because I don't actually know when I am. So a couple months ago, because that's when I first arrived on this existence and on this plane and on this world. So that's actually when I arrived in this world, if you want to think about it that way. So a few months ago. Your three possible answers are the present. But judging by your appearance and your garments, that can't be correct. Um, the have past. You looked at my dress? Sorry? Have you looked at my dress? I have looked under your dress. Oh, yes. please. That's, you know, the, we had this issue of consent earlier with another one of our party members. Do I have to go over it again with you? No. No, I understand what consent is. I just choose to ignore it. Oh, that's, that's not right. Option B. You're from the past, but we were able to scry into the past. And we find no trace of you there. Which leaves only C. You are from the future. How did you get here? That's a good question, but you seem to have all the answers, so what do you need me for? Russi, pull out that sharpened pencil and poke her gently in the side. Uh, uh, I got a new pencil. It's not sharpened yet. Give me a minute. Russ takes out a dull pencil, takes out his dagger, and slowly whittles it. <laughs> Scorg just, just patiently waits. Hold on. I can't... Hold, hold You keep doing that while I keep talking, okay? Well, we got some time. Oh, no, I got it. I All can't right, answer your qu- questions. Just hold still. I don't want to poke you in the wrong spot. <laughs> I can't... I gotta grab the pencil and hold it in place. I can't answer your questions unless I know some context. Russell, it's, you can't let her win this battle of strength. A, it makes me look incredibly she, bad. She took my pencil. Just push harder. <laughs> Agata takes the pencil. No, look. Uh. <laughs> and starts using it to point. I get to poke him in the side. <laughs> You know, I would, but I kind of like him. If you want me to give you adequate answers, which, I mean, I want to give because I'm a very cooperative person, so I need a little, to know a little bit more about you and why you want to know this. You have two choices here. <sighs> One, you tell me what I want to know. I have a most singular want, something I desire very much, and I may be in a position to help you should you help me. Being very cryptic. Can, can we just skip to the part where you ask her how to time travel? Agatha, slap him in the head. <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to slap you, so. Nobody can take orders. Anymore. I'm your prisoner. I'm not supposed to take orders. Do you not know how this works? But, you but, can't just expect me to answer things willy-nilly without look, context. I'm just saying, when I start a question and present the two options, I just, I'm bound by my own personality to go through both of them. I feel like I'm communicating here, but you're really not listening. If you guys are going to take a while longer, I'm just going to lie down for a bit. 
Russ and lies the, down on Agata's bed. Take he's a, two, he's take two weeks nap. from retirement. It's, it's actually a very surprisingly comfortable straw pallet. I, I give you props on that. I, I chose that specifically. I was hoping to soften you up, and by the time I got here, you'd be more amenable to helping me and my evil goals. I have right. no idea how all to right, answer all you. Right. Here's some information for you. Okay. The other option, B, is mm-hmm. that the they they refer to are the masters of this realm, my masters. Mm-hmm. And to get the information they want, which is identical to what I want, they will gouge your eyes out with a spoon. They will burn out your internal organs and will take you an extraordinarily and excruciating long time to die. So, if you value your person in the slightest, I suggest you look at me and begin to speak. I'm speaking. I'm doing exactly what you wanted. Did your companions return? I don't really have companions. The people you were with. I mean, we're we're dicing words here. I mean, you know what I mean when I say companions. This is the communication issue I was talking about before. Oh, you say, oh, men are like this. Well, all women I've known have barely listened to me. Well, I'm listening. I'm trying to give you proper you're answers. Not, you're, not, you're not really hearing me. Okay. Hey, 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 Gata, I, I, I don't really like siding with him, Wait. but I think he's being—I think he's being pretty clear with what he wants here. And I really do have to feel like you're being evasive. I, I've been calling her Agatha. No, it's Agatha. But why wasn't I informed that this is extraordinarily embarrassing? Oh, I know. I've been laughing at you this I, entire. I wrote it out phonetically <sighs> on the form. Well, now I look like a fool in front of the soon corpse. Oh. Yes, you do look like a fool. I'm laughing on the inside. All right, women always tell me that I should just tell the truth. I shouldn't be afraid of my own feelings. I was one of two choices to be supreme. Luck over all of this. And they went with the other guy. I wish to go back in time and right that wrong, and I want you to help me. That's a lock. A lock? That's just, you know, it's what the kids call a warlock. You know, everyone likes to shorten things these days. Okay, so basically, let me get this straight. Yeah. You want me to help you get what you want mm-hmm. against the people in power. I.e. go back to the past, yes. I think we can work together. And you can go back to the future. As the days go on, Sporg returns once a day, and the negotiations are slow as Agata slowly reveals information. She's uneasy about telling him, but... Slowly, they get to the point where Agata reveals the existence of the scroll and the ritual and the book of time spells. But where does one go to find such a book when the only copy of it that they know of is hundreds of years in the future? A library. To lead him to strike a deal with her, she can leave the dungeon if she accompanies him. To the Grand Library of Arcane Secrets. And she agrees, provided she gets her equipment back, and she will reveal all she knows when they're on the way. The Grand Library of Arcane Secrets is the Empire's repository of the darkest and most esoteric knowledge known to the world. The library is several days' journey away, deep in the mountains. So they have a bit of time to talk on the journey. So you want to talk about your feelings? You brought them up a few times. Is Russ asleep? Yes, he's asleep. He's been sleeping like a baby. Okay, here's the thing. It was between me and this other guy, right? And I campaigned on what the people needed, but he campaigned on what the people wanted. Just jingoism and populism. Megalomaniacal. Ugh. So I just want to go back in time and murder him so I can be the worst oppressor my people have ever known. Right... I understand, and I hear what you're saying. I gotta say, I have a bit of an issue with the people oppressing part. Oh, 
Fine. What what would you have me be if I was Supreme Locke? I'm sinking and I'm, I'm just talking off the cuff, but maybe you could give the people what they need actually for them to grow and thrive and <sighs> for the country to prosper. And this way you get a lot of support to increase your power. Just saying, win-win. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Compromise. Yes. I will be a good headlock for my people, but I will murder and destroy our surroundings, all our neighbors. I give a little, you give a little. That's how a relationship works. You know what? I feel like we're making a little bit of progress, so let's let's go with that. Let's let's go with that. You can get me back to my time, and then I guess history will hopefully take care of itself. All right. So, what happened? You really want to know? Yes. 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 I figured that you've been patient. Is Russ asleep? Still asleep? Oh yes, my Russell Terrier is fast asleep. Does he always snore like this? Mm. Uh. Soothing. You probably would have done better having the uh, wizard here to help you out. But here's here's what I know is that we found a book that took a week to cast a spell that basically redirected somebody using a time scroll to your location. I see. So it's kind of interrupting somebody else's spell or travel and then drawing them to you. And then getting in a circle and traveling back to your own time, which I kind of kind of didn't do very well on that last part. But the others, they succeeded. Yes. It did. does work. It does work. So I'm assuming if you can travel forward, you can travel back. So you could go fo- back and I can go forward. Hmm. We both get what we want. Yes. Two strangers heading in different directions. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to be less strangers, we could... No. Okay. You are an evil dictator, so I have an issue with that. Mm. And I have an issue with all this mm, goodness and speaking, but... Irreconcilable differences. All I'm saying is I'm trying. Okay, I'm, I'm trying, Agatha. All right. Now just just poke, poke Russie in the side with that pencil and... Why? He's sleeping. He's fine. He's it, not it amuses me. See, this is the this is the foundation of our issues. Look, there it is in the distance. Grand Arcane Library takes upon the look of the largest wizard's tower anyone has ever laid eyes on. It is started from a single central turret that was built into the side of a mountain and over the centuries more of the mountain has been excavated. So there have been additions and expansions to the library. There are great flying buttresses in a gothic style. There are columns in other sections. There are domes and peaked roofs. This thing looks both ancient and insane and majestic. There is rope bridge that crosses a deep chasm that goes so deep you can't see the bottom. In the distance, at other mountains, you can see dragons of several colors floating and flying around their hordes. Pretty. There's a, uh, a scenic vista sign where several families have gathered to, uh, to look out upon the vistas as the kids have their picnic lunch. It's a, it's a bit of a tourist trap. There are several uh, merchandise stands saying, I went to the Grand Library of Arcane Secrets and all I got was this lousy tunic. And you come to the entrance. There is a large oak door. And a small wooden cutout. 
where obviously people have knocked over the centuries to gain entrance. There are a lineup of hooded acolytes and wizard apprentices who are looking to gain entry. Some are allowed in, some are turned away. And it is your turn at last. So you have to knock? You don't have a pass or anything? No, there's no pass. There's a secret knock. There's a secret knock? Mm. Does that mean I have to close my eyes and plug my ears? No, no. I feel comfortable sharing secrets with you. All right, because we've bonded and all. Go ahead. I won't look. Russ, mm-hmm. Russ. Yeah? Get up. Yeah. Is it the same knock that's like on the sign next to the door? The exact same one. Okay. Russ knocks on the door. The little wooden cutout opens and a small gnome sticks his head out. Do you have your library card? Russ, give him the library card you brought. Hold on. Russ takes out a large wallet, bifold, and it has an assortment of cards in it that it takes him about three minutes to sort through and find the library card, which he hands over. This is a loyalty card for a bakery guaranteeing you one large loaf. Okay. Here, I'm just going to give you the whole thing. He hands over the entire wallet. This gnome deftly and expertly is able to fish out the official card of the library. This expires in a week. You should probably talk to administration to get a... If you value your life, gnome, you shall let us pass. Really? Do you have no other threats? Really? You have no other ways to get what you want other than threatening people's lives? It's so effective. Why would I? Why would I change strategies seriously, mid-race? Seriously, this is why you get your. Could, could you just let us pass? You're we'll not talk. going to be this loud in the library, are you? No, I promise he won't be. There is a strict no talking policy. I completely understand. I'm fine with no talking. Right, you may enter, but remember, the fines for late returns are steep. Don't think that'll be a problem. And don't try to restack the books you take out. We have a very specific thing. If you just leave it, it on the table. I got it. I got it. Yep. I you, got it. I, I, there I, I, are, there are wooden yep. carts just everywhere marked restock. Yes, thank you. You would think you would think that was simple. It is not. Yes, everyone has difficulties. I'm sure yours have. You have gained entrance to the library. May it hold the answers you seek. I sure hope so. And the door is open. And you can see the little gnome clinging to the inside of the door as you pass by, as he tries to keep himself out of sight to maintain the effect of the great vaulted ceiling that you walk through looks like a cathedral. It is stories and upon stories high and very, very long, so long that you can barely see the end. And you walk through the pools of torchlight. You can hear your footfalls echoing and there are exit doors all along. Russ, remind yeah. me to order you to pinch that gnome's buttocks before we leave. Leave that gnome's buttocks alone. What if I just kind of want to pinch the gnome's buttocks independently? Then you need to ask him first. I didn't say I wasn't going to ask. You, then, then ask him first and go ahead and here. Give him this pencil for me. Yeah, agree. He was giving me some looks when he was going through my wallet, right? That's between you and the gnome man. I'm not going to get between a man and his gnome. I mean, I wasn't going to get the card revealed because I'm retiring in a week, but, you know, maybe it's an excuse to start a conversation with him. Yeah, you do that. This library is massive. In what section? Would such a book as the one we seek be? You come finally to the end of the hallway, and there, dusty and hard to make out, is a sign saying information, and a little 
carved out map of the library with a little dot pointing to saying you are here. The section that you have been through is minuscule compared to the sections that lay around you. No talking in the library. Let's just go to this section. You point at a section marked history. Agata tries to read the signs and symbols on the map to try and figure out where their best chances are for finding the a book with the magic spell or a book that is similar to it. There are many symbols. There's a small legend that is almost illegible. You can figure out some are listed as washrooms. Uh, there are fire exits marked. Maddeningly vague. You can see a whole section devoted to history, a section devoted to biography. Uh, there's a fiction section. There's a giant one labeled mystery. There's also uh, the barracks where there are a group of scholars who basically live at this library. There's, uh, there's administration. And there's other random sections labeled like anthropology, biology, and geology, geobotany, geostorm. It goes on and on. There are countless, countless rooms. So do you want to go to your random choice or maybe talk to some of the people in the barracks who know this library in and out and you could use that whole threatening their life thing? I have a better idea. Oh, we know. shall go to the barracks and threaten the lives of the people there unless they tell us what we want to know. Russ, are you sleeping? No, no, I'm getting my, my poking fingers ready. Arr, poke, poke, poke. From one set of idiots to another set of idiots. Taking a good look at the map, you do your best to memorize the labyrinthine twists and turns that will take you to the barracks. And after a few wrong turns and a few moments where you open up a door and it's just a section labeled C and it's just cadavers and there's just dead bodies everywhere, cataloged and marked and numbered. Oh, folks heaven. Go into another room, also marked C-A and it's carp. And you open and you are hit by a wave of water. As you open this giant aquarium that was full of carp, you try to scurry away quickly before any librarians catch you around a bunch of flopping, dying fish. But eventually, you work your way back to the bees and get to barracks. Opening the door is a large room that is just filled with bunk beds. At the end of each one, there are a pair of steamer trunks, and you see some old monk-looking types, people in old robes, a lot of... A lot of eyeglasses, a lot of, a lot of four eyes in this place. And there's very dim candlelight throughout. The scholars you see before you are from many different disciplines. Some are wizards who are there to gain spell knowledge. Some are just historians and chroniclers. There are even food critics who are going to learn about the recipes and dishes that are scattered throughout. <clears throat> oh, oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt. But, uh, Shh. I have a feeling that's going to be a theme, isn't it? Shh. Yep. Shh. Quiet. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but uh, I'm a bit of a scholar myself. Oh, yes. I'm writing the world's most preeminent tone on the subject of interruptions. And I thought, uh, you know, maybe I could find some information here in the library, say, like, you know, Interrupting, uh, say, a wizard midspell. It's a type of interruption and definitely will be a small but important chapter in wow. my book. Oh, um, there are many spell combat tomes that include things like concentration spells and how to interrupt 
there are also several sections devoted to social interactions and sociological research. If you want more of a contextual and sort of a, a class-based social contract way of uh, the idea of conversation. Okay, uh, can we get done with it? Time stuff. Well, do you mean timepieces? Yes, in the chronography section there are many clocks and such. Time travel. I'm looking for time travel. Well, the travel log section is is quite good. I mean, that's not really an, such an academic discipline. All right, all right. Just tell them how you feel. Tell them what you want. Don't be scared of your feelings, okay? Self-help is well, a very good section. We wish to find a book that will allow me to move back in time and my companion to move forward in time. Is this a real estate? Are you moving? Uh, like, are you going up the property ladder? That is your time travel section. It could be fiction, but that is your time travel section. Well, um, that's a very vague question. Uh, you don't have to know the exact title of the book, do you? Do you have any books that are, let's say, rare, that you might be mm, afraid to let... Say those without such knowledge like ourselves. Yes, mostly in the anatomy section. Oh, that's... I, I'm not ready for that yet. <sighs> What's your area of study? Russ. Oh, necromancy. I raise the dead. Russ, oh. heat up something metal and touch his cheek with it. No, don't start torturing people right away. As Sporg looks for Russ, he has disappeared into the bunks. There is the forbidden section. Mm. That sounds promising. Well, uh, it's very, it's, I've never been, I, none of us have, uh, there's a separate, basically once you go in, you are expected to stay within. No knowledge that goes in may come out, but for some the allure is so, so strong that they are willing to give up the rest of their lives to sit in that knowledge, to sit in their, in their unwashed robes for there is no laundry. Agatha, that would seem the only place that this book might reside. Either that or it's somewhere stuffed between, you know, restocking and not restocking. Somebody might have taken it off a shelf and put it in the wrong place. Hmm. Just saying, before we go in through a door where we can't come back again, we might want to try something else. Ah. Leave that as plan B, you know, like torturing people to death. Because we wouldn't need to come out of the Forbidden Zone. Because we who returned wouldn't be we, we'd be are other we's from different times. I'm just saying, if it's not in there, we're pretty screwed. Wait, is this a fan theory thing? Do you have a fan theory about time travel? Because that's its own section. Where is this forbidden zone? How might we find it? There is a fan section. Agata has given up the pretext of whispering. Look, wait, they'll cast a silent spell. Well, then give us our answers, or I will start well, singing loudly. are you talking lady. about the theory of how fans work? They have to be very specific in this library. Okay. I, I am looking for a book that includes a spell where you can interrupt a time traveler on his journey. Now that may be a work of fiction, or it may be real, or it may be forbidden, but I feel like if you're not going to give me a straight answer, I will start singing and blame it on you, and then you will have the spell of silence. That is not, that is not a threat on his life. As you see her lips move, you hear nothing. Spork just hits his uh, forehead with his palm, rolling his eyes. Agata throws her hands up in the air and just goes and shrugs. The scholar you were talking to just starts smacking his head on the table that he was 
and rips out a page of his journal and starts writing in it. Spork peeks over the monk's shoulder so he can see what he's writing. Go back to the map. Find the F section. Please be quiet. I'm so annoyed. Be careful. Love, Jonathan. As I turn to leave, I just look behind me and I yell, Russ, get over here and leave. No, no sound comes out, but... Eventually, Russ finds the poor bunk beds too uncomfortable and finds his master. Uh, Agata looks at Jonathan and wistfully sighs silently for John the barkeep. Taking a close look at him, he, his hair just seems too good for a, for a scholar. She mouths, I'll see you later, much later. Like 10,000 generations later. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, you know. You return back to the back to the map. You find the section labeled forbidden, and it is on the lowest level. It is very deep within the earth. Through the catacombs that lead down the endless staircases, the air gets a little colder and closer. You're no longer in well-built, well-maintained sections of the library. These are rough caves and paths that have tunnels that have been cut from the rock of the mountain and the deeper you get, the colder it gets until you must be hundreds of feet underground. It even starts to get a little warmer. You take a twist down, and there's a glow at the end of the tunnel ahead of you. You know, Sporg, for something that is forbidden and people are afraid of, they really don't maintain this place very well. You'd think they'd have a motivation to upkeep it. You'd be surprised. A simple keep out sign keeps out a good 99.9% of the population. People just like taking orders. Really, that hasn't been my experience. At all. Yes. You're unique. An immense cavern opens up in front of you. There is a narrow stone bridge over a chasm of lava. You have come so deep that... You've learned that this mountain is actually a volcano and you've dug deep down. There is a great stone wall that has been hacked and rebuilt inside. And there is a gate with a huge iron chain across it. And in that iron chain, there is a large padlock in the shape of a skull. There is also a little cart marked reshelving that is empty. What if we put some random books on the cars and then they'd have to open the door to reshelve the books? Subterfuge, yes, yes. I will, I'll take this book here. What, what is this called? Oh, yes, uh, Dealing with Princess Fairies. All right, I'll just put that here. A how-to guide with dealing with your minions. How about that? Because nobody's going to read that one for a while. There's a rather large book here. Understanding the music of Philip Glass. All right, put that down. Essex. I don't think I'm going to record that. I'm going to give that one to you. You, I think you could use that. Essex. I have no interest in that county. Essex. You know, how to be good, hopefully. Like, not kill people right away or threaten their lives. I think you could use that. Well, Just saying. a gift. Well, all right. I guess I'll tuck that away. Perhaps give it a look sometime. All right. I'll put my pillow in. Russ produces a book that he's been carrying with him for a while that just has very soft leather casing. It's just called the Sleepy Time Book. It's the softest of soft covers. Scarogenous Zones. Sex on Halloween. Oh, God. Yeah, this book's called How to Pretend You're Reading. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All the pages are blank. Oh, man. As you place the last book on the cart, 
the gate opens just a smidge, and you see a hooded figure, very short, peek out, and its eyes are glowing out a little bit within the darkness of its hood. Gets excited when it sees books on the reshelving cart, and it scurries out. And there's a little bit of an opening as the the gate is open for him to pull the cart in. That's our chance, quick. Yes, Russ, break both the legs of this librarian. No, no, don't, no, 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 Russ, do not break the legs. This is our chance to run through the opening. Let's make a break for it. Leave the poor worker alone. Agata runs for the opening to the door. I take a more dignified pace. Russ gets there eventually. And you manage to get into the forbidden zone of the library as the little library worker organizing the books on his cart and begins to bring it back in behind you. Don't take this wrong way, Agatha, but... Uh, Zagata. What? Zagata. Why didn't you tell me this, Russ? I sh- I'm sh- for sure I did. For sure. I heard him actually three times over the last few weeks. You just can't get it. It's Agatha. Hmm. Agatha. Well, that was an excellent idea with the, the reshelving of the books. Uh, it's it a good thought. Thanks. That's, that's good. That's progress. This is good things to compliment somebody else and not threaten their lives. Mm, but I will still kick a puppy as soon as Pacha touch it. Scorg looks around. It's surprisingly the most ornate section of the library you've seen so far. There's, it's a great circular room, high floor-to-ceiling bookshelves just filled with leather-bound tomes and those little ladders on wheels that go around them. And there's, there's a central desk where... You can see several dark-looking figures hunched over large stacks of books. The carpets are rich and green. The smell is of a forest that the wood itself that makes up the structure of this room feels like it's alive with the knowledge that is there. Well, if, since we can't leave and we're stuck here forever, it's a pretty nice place, actually. I've been in worse places. <clears throat> Your dungeon. I suggest for time we split up. That's never been a good idea in my experience. I suggest we maybe ask the people who've spent their entire lives here. No, 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 sorry, you misunderstood me. I I, I suggest for time, we split up. Like, you go to the future, I go to the past. But for now, let's stick together and find this book. Oh, yes, that I agree with, yes. I missed your funny joke, because, you know, it wasn't funny. Shh. Excuse me. Excuse me. What's your name? No, I think, I think its name is Sporg Cast's message. So you're able to talk to me and I'm able to talk back mm-hmm. to you and no one else can hear. We're looking for a very particular book. Finally, someone knows how to use message. That's, that's great. Um, but yes. it seemed obvious. Well, I mean. yeah, it, it, that's how we communicate in this library. It's, mm. it's a very easy workaround. You think you have it rough. I've been traveling with this woman for days. She's impossible. I've, I've known her for 30 seconds, and already I am at my wit's end. You, you understand? Yes, I understand. Are you a warlock, too? Yes. Oh, that's very nice. Um, uh, Pact of the Fiend? Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, what other pact is there? <laughs> no, there's Archfaith. No. <laughs> hey, Russ, can you flick that ear? Can you flick their ears, both of them? There's a silent spell cast, and suddenly you no longer hear anything. Oh, I so want to learn that one. Oh, it is useful. It's a wizard spell, but we've got to work around. There's some scrolls around here. Yes. Agata walks up to both of them and flicks their ears. Ow. Is it it all right if I kill her? No. Unfortunately, I I have need. I see. You have needs. 
Inappropriate, inappropriate. That's fine. No, that's no, fine. no. I don't know. I, you're I know, on your right. journey. I'm on mine. I specifically took a book called Scarogenous Zones <laughs> off of, as a way of, like, hinting at it. But oh. Thick as a board sometimes, you know. Sometimes you just got to come right out and say what you want. Yeah. I mean, honesty, it's it's scary, I, but I, it works. I need, I, need, I need her to, you know, make sure it's the right book, etc. Oh, she's read it before? Yeah, well, she's been in its presence. Oh, oh. Agata starts impatiently tapping her foot and banging the table. Score cast messages on, on message on Agata. It's like, would you just be patient? Well, I'm waiting for you guys a conversation over here. Well, I've been kept out of the conversation, so I can't really, you know, from the outside, it just okay. looks like you're being like an idiot, which oh, is fine, fine. not different from anywhere else. Fine, but- we'll party call it, and everybody can get in on the fun. He casts message all over. <laughs> um, is, every, is there everyone here? Has anyone tried? Have any of you tried using the card catalog? No. Oh. Can Can you get me out of this conversation? I was actually trying to take a nap. But oh, sorry, just hang up. Oh, so hard to find good hired goons these days. Mm, I know. So, uh, where's this catalog, and could you help us find what we're looking for? Well, I... and by the way, what did I miss? It's not like nothing, nothing, nothing. We were just nothing. just exchanging warlock tips and yeah. tricks and recipes, you know. Right. So I'm better off not knowing. Okay. Well, how can we find this book? See that row of little stands over there? Yeah, but we don't know the title of the book. Well, so. it's arranged also by subject and author, and there's all kinds. Of, this is a very well organized library. How just delightfully it. helpful that is. It is. It really is. It's helped me greatly. I could. Agata walks over to the catalog. See, an old-fashioned, to our minds at least, card catalog. There are shelves you can pull out that are full of the little white index cards that are organized meticulously with the uh, the Dewey Decimal number on them all. I gotta start looking for time travel books. Drawer marked T-I to T-J. In the titles, like, there are literally hundreds. You have no idea how deep this uh, this cabinet can go that it has this many things. You think it might be magical. Um but you find hundreds of books with the word time in the title. Agata tries to remember anything else she can about the book and its spell that would help her narrow down her search. You do twig in your mind that you remember, one thing you do remember is the name of the scroll was Teleport Through Time. The scroll that's interrupted? That's the one that you were trying to get. The thing that you, the whole ritual was in order to get that scroll. So I do remember that we're trying to find a spell that catches anybody who's using the teleport through time scroll. Do we want to ask one of the monks if they know anything? You walk back over to the warlock you were talking to and he holds up his fingers in an L sign as though it's the, uh, the war, it's like the gang sign for warlocks. Right back at you. You guys are so cool, Agata says, rolling her eyes. But let's not do this again. He messages you. Mm. Sup, brother? Well, we're looking. We have a little bit more information. Agata starts waving her hand between the two of them and pointing at her to bring her into the conversation. I could just banish her. I could just put her on a different plane oh, of existence. My brother, if I could let you do that, I would let you do that so hard. Oh, can I just... Oh, I just want to blight. Just want to... If, if it wasn't for the sprinkler system, there would be such a fireball. And it, it'll just get worse, too. You know what I mean? Just yeah. find it easier know, just yeah. to give it a message. See, thank you. Thank you. That took you a long time. You could have done that a lot sooner and escaped all the hands in your face stuff. So you were saying you had some information before she interrupted. And- I somehow got in this call again. Could, I, could you cut me out? One just, just hang up. I don't know how to do that. I'm not magic. He uncasts message on Russ. 
We're looking for a book that intercepts somebody using the teleport through time scroll. Why don't you just look for the scroll? I... Okay. Bear with the scroll be. In, in... Do you have a scroll section? Yes, of course we do. This is the this is the section of forbidden oh, knowledge. Like if you're looking for anything, it's here. Secrets, of it's, yeah, of course it's here. You Why? know, it was just so simple. Sometimes something so simple right in front of your eyes, you just, I know. just, I, you just can't. You get this, you get this complicated pro- plan altogether. I, I know. And sometimes you just just skip to the end. It's like don't untie the nut. Sometimes you can just cut it off. Exactly. Yeah. To the scroll section. <laughs> <laughs> there is a little portico that has the word scrolls above it and uh, the warlock points you towards it and does a little bow gives it the L sign again. Right is that the sign for losers? Because you're both losers. Is that it? That makes sense. We're winners. We're winners. I'm made of rubber. You're made w. of glue. Any insult towards me bounces off of me and sticks to you. Nice. Bur- Do you need some you need some burn gel for that? You need me to call the fire department? Agata looks at them stone face. There's a shrine deals with burns. Mm, third degree burns. She keeps looking at them completely unimpressed. Scroll through time. Okay. <clears throat> Losers, gotcha. Because if you were winners, you'd have a W sign. Just saying. L stands for more than one word. I mean, yeah. why would it have to be losers? Oh, my God. Okay, can we get to scroll through time? Because the sooner I'm away from you, the better. Russ. Leave poor Russ Blow gently into one of her exposed eyes. Come on. No, don't blow in my eyes. just get it over with. No, it's just creepy, Russ. It's just creepy because I don't know where he's going with this. Hold up a second. Look, I'm I'm not going to be mean about it. I'm going to use a mint first. Russ swallows a scotch mint. Drop this, score. Whisper to a scream. The just, punishment starts small. Oh, God, just seriously. Russ leans but, in. Oh, seriously. Really? Really? This is what you're going to do? Oh, Blows gently in her eyes. Yeah, this is creepy. And now to the scroll section. There's a little stairway down. Uh, it's a little spiral staircase. It's very cute. It's very nice. Large room that goes on. It's very long and narrow. Hundreds, stacked hundreds high are cubby holes filled with scrolls. Well, I'm guessing we're looking for the T section. Teleport through time. If you find any torture scrolls, just hand yeah, them over. I'm going to burn them if I do. Spells like thaumaturgy, thorn whip, tensor's floating disc. Starting from the top, you go down, you find Tash's hideous laughter, telekinesis, telepathy, then teleport, teleportation circle, and finally, a little cubby marked teleport through time. Way at the back, bury deep under cobwebs and dust you can see a single scroll a small one that you can barely reach if you stick your whole arm into in fact your fingers don't quite reach russ i will need to rip off both your arms and tie them together (laughs) don't do that you know how how do you make an arm longer because russ's arm is longer than mine so he could reach the scroll since i can almost reach it there's no need to chop off his hand all right those both sound like a lot of work can you just reach in and grab the scroll for me please it's a lot simpler than chopping off your arm all right thank you you say so just saying i'm looking out for you boy as russ reaches in it's almost as though the cubby gets a little bit deeper all right you can't, he cannot quite reach it. Of course, it's protected through magic. Freaking warlocks. Fucking warlocks always screwing things up. I'm, yes, I'm looking at you pointedly. Skorg is like doing an L shape on his heart <laughs> and then to the sky. All right, brother. Time to dispel this magic of yours. I'm going to step back in case it explodes in your face. Ha, my spells never explode. 
Well, except for that one exploding spell. It's supposed to explode. That was the one time in college I was experimenting. Skorg casts the spell magic upon the, uh, the cubbyhole. As he does that, the scroll pops out into his hand. He unties it. He turns away from the two of them and looks uh, at it. Agata looks over his shoulder. It is the same scroll that Hank Brody used to teleport out of Eberique. Is this the one, Miss Peekaboo? Looks like it. So you want to send me to the future and then you can go back to the past? Or shall I send you to the past and then go back to the future? Skorg pulls out his dagger, turns and stabs her. When she says yes, I turn as if to kiss her and instead try to stab her with the dagger in my right hand. Agata, not being fooled for one second, sees him turning and immediately brings out her gauntleted arms to block the stab that that comes seemingly out of nowhere. The dagger bounces off of her gauntlet. I'd expect nothing less. Russ, kill her. (sighs) All right. Russ, let me kill him. Uh, I mean, this, why don't you just take a nap? This is not a game of just tell fucking Russ what to do. He works for me. I Russ, mean, take a nap. I'm like one week away from retirement. Then take a nap. I, I got like a severance. Mm, want to retire early? I got a cast guiding bolt at close proximity, and a flashing light comes out of her hands and hits Skorg right in the chest. Skorg is thrown back by this, and as he gets up, see this this that he's been hurt has just like fired up everything he loves about the life he leads and it's just this weird almost uh, grin comes on his face he twirls his hands in front of him and there's a little bit of a flicker of red in his eyes as he casts hellish rebuke and says i love this towards agata and agata explodes into flame sir russ with an unenthused look upon his face draws his sword and his shield and reluctantly marches on agata making a lazy overhead swing at her the sword comes down squarely on her shoulder. Blood spraying out over half her face. Russ, I thought we had it good. I could take you with me. The scroll, we could go to the future. There's amazing severance packages and great life. I've got unlimited gold, buddy. I could help you out. It's like a week away. I'm already, he already works for me. I just really don't want to go yeah, to the trouble. but he's evil. Do you like being evil? Eh. I work for good. Eh. So uh, with this weird look on his face, he casts command and uh, just whispers the word that sort of just, it sort of just goes, it echoes right, right through her almost. Kneel. Hagata drops to her knees against her will and looks at Skorg. We talked about this. I am not consenting. Sporg slowly puts out the book of ethics and starts thumbing through it and just casually says, Russ finish her. Agata attempts to stand up to shake off the effects of this command, but she fails. And she is utterly compelled to remain kneeling. Being unable to move, Agata quietly whispers to herself, Folk, help me. No, my, my name is Russ, and I'm still working. I'm still working for him. Sorry. Russ continues to approach Agata draws his sword again, but he's really got a non-killer instinct look on his face. You know, I, I just got to make, got to throw the motions. That's just what I'm doing here. So uh, sorry about this. Russ swings down and just sort of bashes her with the hilt of his sword 
Oh, I'm getting her so bad. Finishing her right off. Oh, Sporg. Yo, she's putting up a fight. Oh, so so hard to kill her. Oh, it's the worst. Skorg lifts up his fingers in two L's. And as he does, they start to sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. And as he slowly brings them together and makes a W, a huge blast goes straight at Agata. So this W um, slowly moves towards, from Agata's perspective, slowly moves towards her and is changing color and morphing. But as it grows larger and larger, um, it goes entirely white and it, she feels the actual force and heat of it, much like if you've ever been close to a lightning strike. Angara sees the energy coming and knows this is probably her end, but she can't help looking at the evil, pathetic man she's been trying to teach ethics to and laughing because he just made himself a double loser as she falls over. As Agata hits the floor, Russ turns over to his boss. Well, we got her. All done. Take her scroll. We're good. She's she fallen over. You won the fight. Great job. Skorg uh, walks over to Agata, looks down, goes on one knee, you know, kind of all like Shakespearean-ish, and says, I've learned something. It would be unethical for me to go back in time and kill my opponent but perfectly ethical for me to kill him right now when the president take what's mine. You can have your early retirement, Russ. Skorg opens the teleportation through time scroll, looks at it, begins to read it, and casts it upon Russ to move him five days into the future to the first moment of his retirement. For me? Yeah, that's it. But that's the extent of our time travel. It's just, I give you early retirement by five days. This is all I ever wanted, Russ says as he floats up through the time stream and into his retirement, where he then immediately takes a nap in his home. Skorg puts the Book of Ethics back into his pocket, uh, moves Agata into a more dignified position turns and leaves and as he does he casts dimension door in front of him and disappears an hour passes and suddenly agata draws in a large breath and her eyes open and she is hurt but stable and she is alive (laughs) agata looks around and sees that there's no rust and no Scorg, and figures out that she's pretty much trapped here. She thinks to herself, takes a deep breath, I'm going to miss those idiots, then turns around to the monk and says, Okay, if I'm going to be here, there's going to be a new set of ground rules. I'm not going to like this, am I? Nope. (laughs) This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons-powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring Joanna Houghton as a god of the cleric, Maddox Campbell as Russ the Lackey, Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master, and special guest Carmine Lucarelli as Skorg the Warlock. This has been a Kicks and Giggles production created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell with editing by Maddox Campbell, Theme by Derek Baldwin 
and engineered by Andrea Miller. Find out more at cavernsandcomedians.com and don't forget to like, rate, and share. Thanks for listening. All right, and welcome to Chatting Caverns, where every time someone dies, almost dies, or gets lost in the past for all eternity, we have a little chat with how things are going and to say a little goodbye, how are things, to those characters that we've lost. Uh, Joe, also known as Agata, I don't think this, I think you were prepared to see how this session goes. I don't think you expected these results. Well, I mean, uh, coming into it, uh, okay, so... For the record, we all have our beverages, as you've seen if you followed me on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, I decided to bring a really strong beer because I was very prepared for the fact that I would probably die in this episode. Prepared mentally, rationally speaking. It's still like, you know, I still feel like I've been sucker punched in the sternum. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Maddox. <laughs> this was actually not one of the bad endings for this episode. I had a list of potential endings I saw coming up, and this was on the meh side. So you know what this confirms? It confirms my suspicions that you're a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah, you aren't dead. Uh, you haven't given someone the power to create an epoch of darkness and destruction. You managed to uh, convince an evil warlock not to go back in time and change the past. But yeah, things could have gone a lot worse, I think. And I feel like you're giving Russ a lot of crap for attacking you in that scene. And again, yes, I did attack you in that scene, but I did it lazily. No, no, I think we can stop it. I did attack you in that scene. And lack of luck, I could <laughs> no, I think we stopped there. I could have hit you more. I think we stopped there. <laughs> and Russ was fully prepared to save your life from Sporg attacking. Probably. Yeah. I was nice to Russ. Mm. <laughs> Were you nice or were you just not as mean as usual? I didn't poke him with a stick or slap him right off the bat when he was torturing so again, me. There's the difference between being nice to someone and not choosing not to be mean. So How could I bake you a cake? I was in my prison guard. Like, come on. <laughs> Did you try to bake a cake? How could I break a cake out of straw mattresses? What I offered you my one? bed. What about prison I one? offered you my bed, something I have never done for any other character in this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting uh, way to set this one up because I knew it would be a one shot. Uh, inviting Carmine along, who uh, we all like and respect as a, an improviser and uh, a fixture in the Toronto improv comedy. So thank you again, Carmine, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It was such a special to, it's special to be here for such an interesting character's last day. <laughs> <laughs> you say laughing at me right now. And, yeah, okay, you're evil. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's, let's go back a little bit then on the entire journey of Agata. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like there's any threads you wish you had gotten to go into more? Anything that you feel, any regrets having played Agata? Yeah, um, I didn't expect what happened in the previous episode to happen um, with Fook sacrificing himself. And I felt like Agata at that point had to playing her character she's very much a um the way i'd always seen her is a soft mushy interior with a very hard exterior um so i don't think she would have wanted to see fook being left behind so that was a surprise in playing true to the character however i wasn't expecting that and i was hoping to play out a little bit more of agata shell breaking down with her companions but I didn't, because you guys killed me off. <laughs> <laughs> you got separated from those companions. Yeah. Technically not killed you off. Uh, we just plopped you in the past and let you live out your life. <laughs> uh, 
when that moment happened where Agata pulled Fook back into the teleportation circle, as soon as Fook decided to do that, to me, it made a lot of sense. And in my head, I thought of exactly, oh, this makes, this actually allows me to uh, tie up some of the inconsistencies about Fook's character. And then when you switched in with him, uh, that immediately threw me for a loop because then it's like, what am I going to do with this? I have to think of something. Yeah, from a story perspective, it makes it's a lot easier to save Fook because he's as old as creation itself anyway, as yeah. far as we can tell. Yeah. And there are a lot of inconsistencies with his past that actually makes sense if he's lived through time twice. Uh, but then it's almost more interesting to play around with something that I didn't have an idea for. And I liked the idea that it just started from the idea that Agata would be questioned if she's still alive, and she's the last person you want to have to ask a question to. I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> uh, the listeners won't maybe either, because I'll probably cut out two-thirds of the interrogation oh, that went in circles. On. Oh, come on. If Maddox did cut it out, there was an interrogation that went on and on and on and on with Agata being her usual cooperative yeah. self. When they told me it opens with you interrogating Agata, I was like, oh, this will go swimming. Because like, <laughs> I listened to the, the podcast, so I know what your character and how stubborn she is. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah, we needed to bring a pro in to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and yet Kyle still had to cut us off. <laughs> but we did. We got there, and I thought it was a fun episode. I thought it was... It was a bit looser on my planning, uh, but I think we got to everything I wanted to, and it resolved itself. Basically, this this episode went the way I wanted it to more than most others do, so that was shocking to me. That does not mm. make me feel better. <laughs> it does kind of make go for your argument that he was expecting you to this not is, get back. No, all yep. there were a list. There were a list of things that uh, I envisioned happening, and I brought uh, asthmatics who originally wasn't going to play to to play a character who basically just to put his finger on the scales because I had two fairly evenly matched characters I knew would come into conflict, and really the only thing to separate them was whether or not. Uh, Sir Russ was on their side. So, for the record, I'd like to tell our listeners a story. Just a very short story. <clears throat> when Finnick died, we later on had this conversation uh, with Kyle at our next recording about, is there a way that we could have saved Finnick? And Kyle very emphatically said, yes! And then he proceeded to give us the most elaborate and convoluted way in which we could have saved Finnick. So, and afterwards, I looked at him and said, so basically, no. Well, in my defense, it was much simpler than what you guys actually did. <laughs> which would, if, for those who don't re recall, Finnick was unconscious and in a, a pool uh, lorded over by the mother brain of a host of mind flayers that he got into because you split the party in a mind flare nest i'm just gonna say that uh but all you had to do was uh give them give the big brain the thing that it, he wanted of course we wouldn't do that it's our only leverage so you basically set it up for finnick to die which going back to this story you basically set it up for agata to die now on this time all you had to do was either win a fight or steal the scroll first i couldn't steal the scroll i couldn't reach it I don't, I don't know the spells that he does. I did list that the, one of the scrolls directly above it was telekinesis. Yeah, which you could have used. Yeah. Like, I, I clocked that, but, but it, got to, it got further. Yeah. And I wanted to make a joke about her trying to list the spells again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That, it was built in that there was a way to get at that without magic, without another person's help. 
but also you you picked up on the uh, the the restocking cart hint. I feel like that's the first time I've made a hint that. that so yeah, you you played really well there. Kyle, salt in the wound. Salt that was a compliment. That's, salt. That's um, a wound. Okay, Joe. So we're gonna wrap up now. But are there any last messages you want to send to our listeners? Honestly, just the just thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the supportive tweets that you've given Agata throughout the her adventures with the crew. And um, yeah, see you on Twitter. I'm at Joanna Houghton, and feel free to commiserate with me there. We will all be on Twitter commiserating with Agata slash Joe. Thanks Once so much. This episode launches, and not before. Otherwise, that's just massive spoilers. I have no contract. <laughs> <laughs> no, our non-disclosure agreement that we forgot to get people to sign. All right, that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you online and next two weeks.